Here's the snap. Looking. Flips the ball. Diving for the pylon. And he's got it. Razzle dazzle. Touchdown, Houston. And the Texans go in front. There is no offseason for your Houston Texans. Game day is every day. We had a lot of energy, and we brought a lot of spark for this organization. The best is yet to come. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. Ball is out. The Texans say they have it, and they do. Now, it's Texans All Access. That is right. It's Texans All Access on a Wednesday evening draft eve. Draft eve. Oh, my goodness. I know people ask me all the time, like, is this is this like your Christmas and yeah, kinda, kinda. Um, I mean, unless on Christmas you have to work like 17 or 18 hours on the radio and do a bunch of TV <laughs> stuff. Uh, yeah, then it's just like Christmas, but no, I look forward to it. And I'm your host, John Harris, the voice of the Texans, Mark Vandermeer on the other end. Mark, how are you doing? Johnny, I'm doing great. The draft is upon us. Yeah, it is draft eve. And tomorrow, first round, you, me, Andre Ware, Robert Hensley will all be on, and it's going to be fun. I mean, even though the Texans are picking tomorrow night, barring a trade, and there's uh-huh. some rumors out there, I guess. We'll see what that would take. Uh, and wouldn't that be something? We get late in the first round, and all of a sudden, bing, Texans on the <laughs> clock. That hey, would be a little bit of a surprise. It has hap- It's happened before. It's happened before, and it happened, and it may have been the well, I don't know. Maybe it is the best draft moment. And ironically, you bring that up because tonight we will have our Wednesday night draft. It'll be our last one before uh, – actually, it'll be the last one in the offseason. We're going to have the best or actually your favorite or most memorable Texans draft moment or player, however you want to define it. That's completely up to you. DP's going to come by. Drew's going to stop by. And obviously, Mark's going to be here as well. We're going to go three rounds because we really could – we could really dive into this one, if you will, but we won't go absolutely crazy because we can do the whole show on that. Uh, but I would imagine that's going to pop up, Mark, the 2017 moment in which you went to the bathroom. I was up on stage for the draft party. We were intending to pick number 25. And when you came back from the bathroom, I had this look on my face like, oh, my God, you're not, gonna about, you're not about to believe this. And you're like, what happened? I was like, we traded up. And then it was mass chaos for the next 10 to 15 minutes. And then Roger Goodell said the Texans have selected from Clemson quarterback Deshaun Watson, and the place exploded. It, it really did. I mean, that was after Mahomes. And I just I remember when Kansas City did what they did, we thought, well, that was really bold. I just don't see the Texans. I mean, they're not trade-up kind of people, right? In, right, in this right. organization, we don't, we don't do that. Maybe one spot. Right. But and maybe down, but not up right. that right. dramatically. There's no shot at this. And you're right. I mean, I, I think numerous people were in the restroom because it was still early in the first round. It's like, <laughs> all right, probably your last chance to uh, take care of that before right. uh, you get hot and heavy in the first round and finally get to the Texan selection. But that happened. And, you know, I just think at the time we talked about how seldom they would pick a quarterback high in the draft. You know, you had to, you know, Savage was a fourth rounder in 2014. And you have to go all the way, do you have to go all the way to 2003 and Dave Ragone in round three to find the next highest drafted quarterback in the history of the franchise? I mean, TJ was, TJ was a fifth rounder. Yep. In 2011. And, uh, you know, Schaub was a trade acquisition, Mm -hmm. and no one else was taken in the first three, four rounds. Uh, Alex Brink, once upon a time, I think there might have been (laughs) 08 in the seventh round. I mean, you know, (laughs) you have to look at guys like that. Yates was a tremendous pick for this team. I mean, you talk about value. It's a fifth rounder and consider what he did for this squad. And, you know, it's more like Robert Ori-like. You know what I mean? It's, It's really clutch stuff that yeah. popped in from time to time. Maybe that's not the best comparison, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, no, I know I know exactly what you're saying. I mean, I remember when TJ was drafted, I was like, oh, yeah, you know. The, the thing about TJ, which is really funny, was in 2010, I don't even know if I've told him this, but in 2010, I was like, no way. D- no way. And then all of a sudden, in 2011, they started off the year against LSU, and they had a bunch of players for North Carolina, Marvin Austin, Robert Quinn, that were suspended. And didn't play in that game, and they and and 
TJ brought North Carolina all the way to the brink against LSU, and I was like, hey, maybe there's a chance. Maybe this guy's got a chance, and the Texas drafted in the fifth round. You never think, okay, fifth-round quarterback's going to play a role for you in that season, much less any season. Uh, and, of course, you always think of, oh, you know, Tom Brady was a sixth-rounder, but that's so rare. Yeah. Um, and that's why we talk about Brady so much, obviously, because he's one of the greatest of all time. Now he's got his running mate Gronk down with him. But the point being, we talk about Brady so much because he's a six-rounder. It, it never happens. But then TJ's got to come in that season in 2011, and then he just continues to build his legend by getting onto the playoffs, beating the Bengals, making the plays that he did to beat the Bengals in 2011 to win a division, then turning around and coming back a few years later, beating the Bengals on a Monday night. I mean, he turned into just an absolute cult figure in some sense for the Texans, and what a what a fifth round what a fifth round pick uh, that was. But this franchise changed in 2017 with that move, and hearing the name, and I I still I what I remember about that. This is not one of my draft moments. It, it should have been, but it was the next day. If you remember the next day, Mark, we were scheduled to do we were going to do TV and radio. Deshaun was coming through on the car wash, basically, and he right. was going through all the different you know, stations and things, and he was meeting with the media and doing all that kind of stuff, and it was just a whirlwind. And so it got time to do TV and radio, and something happened where you had to do the TV interview. Yeah. And because you were doing the TV interview, I, just, I did the radio interview. So he hopped into TV, and he walked in the room, and I'll never forget it. He walked in the room, and we've – I mean, at that point, we I you know been around Jadeveon Clowney, J.J. Watt. All, I mean, tremendous players in the NFL. And yet, when he walked in, there was this instant moment of like being starstruck. Like, yeah. whoa, that's Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. And he sat down, and I still on our computer in our studio. I still have. In fact, I probably would have played that tonight if I would have been uh, if we would have been back in studio. The it was probably about five and a half six minute discussion that we had after he had finished up doing TV with you. And I just remember him walking out going, Sean Watson's our quarterback. How how did this happen? How did this happen? How did we get the Sean Watson to be our quarterback? It was just, it really, it really was a a kind of magical, uh, a magical moment. So we'll have our Wednesday night draft in our next segment. We'll go around the NFL later in the show because there's plenty of uh, noise uh, information, um, fakery, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, it's that time. It's the night before the draft, so you never know exactly what to believe. And one of the top prospects had to send a letter to all 32 teams about a procedure from two years ago. Uh, it's crazy, but Jerry Judy will talk about uh, later in the show. But, Mark, I was actually I was running today trying to just get my angst out, which I will do tomorrow and try and get it all out before um, 7 o'clock hits. And I got to thinking, I don't know why it hit me. I was like, I love the what-if game. And I figured, you know what? Who better to play the what-if game Let's go. than with you? So I, come, I came up with a few what-if scenarios. And this first one's going to blow your mind a little bit because I thought about this and I was like, ooh, man. So number one, what-if. What if the Texans? Now, we all know what happened in 2006. Everybody in the city wanted Vince Young. Right. Anybody that didn't want Vince Young wanted Reggie Bush. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted Mario Williams. In right. the end, the Mario Williams selection ended up being the right one. But I thought about this. What if the Texans, heading into Gary Kubiak's first season, had actually drafted Jay Cutler Oh my gosh, I can't As quarterback. brought that up. This is amazing. Great minds. Because I was thinking about this very thing the other day. Yeah. I was thinking about it. And I actually at the time, Johnny, and I know you probably have more to the question than that. But I actually at the time thought about, well, what if, uh, because everyone was talking about Vince Young. I said, well, if you're talking quarterback, what about Matt Leiner? I mean, mm-hmm. is Matt, you tell me, going into that draft, everyone was on fire for Vince Young based on, the performance in the national championship game. But as a pro prospect, was Liner not extremely highly rated? Yes. And was Jay Cutler not a real solid pro prospect, certainly worthy of a first-round draft choice, and he turned out to be the best quarterback of the three? It's interesting thinking about those three quarterbacks with Vince and Cutler and Liner in thinking the 2017 because – 
to me, Leinart was sort of like Deshaun in that Leinart was the nationally known prospect, if you will. Everybody sort of knew about, uh, you know, about Leinart because he had been playing with USC. Color was kind of off the beaten path a little bit. You had to have wanted to watch a Saturday night Vanderbilt game, and a lot of people didn't do that, a lot like Patrick Mahomes. So I guess that makes Mitchell Trubisky, Vince Young. I don't know. That Maybe that doesn't quite fit. But that's kind of the way that I looked at it. But what if the Texans had drafted Jay Cutler? How do you think that, A, how do you think that would have, I mean, number one, that would have, that would have sent everybody into hysterics. But right. just thinking of Gary Kubiak's offense mm-hmm. with Jay Cutler running it from the beginning. Like this is the team that Jay Cutler starts his career with. I don't know how to end his career with, but he starts his career with with Gary Kubiak, with this offense, with Andre Johnson, with a tight end in Owen Daniels that would come a little bit later. How, what if they had drafted Jay Cutler? It could have been huge, actually. Uh, and maybe huge is too big a word. Maybe could have been a lot better. Could have been a lot better. And maybe it wouldn't have been. But in this system with the bootlegs and everything Kubiak likes to run and running the football – Look, there were a lot of other options that draft. It was a really good draft for the Texans overall. Yeah. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's in round two. We know about Owen Daniels, Eric Winston, the rest of the guys in that draft. But if you pick Cutler, well, that's, I mean, you had David Carr still as your quarterback, right? Wow. This is Kubiak's first year. Yeah. And I think that he wanted to work, and the organization wanted him to work with him just to see what happened. I mean, Carr was a hell of an athlete. Maybe it would have all come together with Kubiak. It really didn't, obviously. But if you drafted Jay Cutler, that could have been really cool for your franchise. It would have sent David Carr packing. You would have yep. had to trade him or something. And I don't know what you're going to get for him coming off 2-14. and 14, And this isn't really working after four years. So I don't know what Carr would have yielded them. But, look. Jay Cutler went 11th to the Broncos. Leinart went 10th to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, it, when you want to look at that draft and, you know, Mario Williams going one, Reggie Bush went two to the Saints, obviously, never went to a Pro Bowl, never even went to a Pro Bowl right. as an alternate. I mean, that's right. really amazing to me. Reggie Bush didn't achieve at least that. Now, injuries kind of came into play. How about Jonathan Joseph also going into that first round? Holodi nodded. That was a heck of a first round in this league. Antonio Cromarty. Uh, I mean, there are a bunch of good – D'Angelo Williams. But you're right. If you're not going to take Mario Williams, Vince Young, or Reggie Bush, I guess Cutler would have been the guy, or maybe Leinart at the time people would have said, okay, Matt Leinart, because yeah. people forget how decorated Leinart was coming out of college, and it obviously didn't work out in Arizona. He ends up here. And, look, that was another chance for him to really get his career going, but he got hurt in the first half of the game he played against Jacksonville. Uh, late that season, coming off the bye week when Matt Schaub got hurt. So uh, that's a really interesting what if. I like that one right there. Okay, so this this kind of shows you how my mind works as I okay. as I run. Because as soon as I sort of played that what if scenario out, I got to this one. What if the Texans, at the top of the second round of 2014, had taken Jimmy Garoppolo? Oh, that's another one, Johnny. I, I look at that one a lot because I say this. The world would have understood if Garoppolo was the selection and he's a bust. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get it. That draft, they were thinking quarterback. Well, I don't know if they were thinking quarterback, but everybody outside the building was thinking quarterback. And they drafted Savage in the fourth round. They signed Ryan Fitzpatrick. We know the rest of the story. They got Ryan Mallett right before the start of the season uh, because just in case, I mean, he's got a ton of talent. Let's see if it works out somehow, some way eventually. But there you were. Top of the second round. If you take Garoppolo right there, I think everybody understands, okay, this is not like – it's not a first-round top-ten type pick where if you flame out on that at quarterback, it really sets you back years. If you right. flame out on Garoppolo top of the second round in that year, okay, it didn't work out. You took a shot. We all knew you couldn't take Derek Carr because of obvious reasons. Right. So you took Garoppolo and it didn't work. I think the down, in other words, the downside of that pick would have been worth it to me to take him. Now, Xavier Suafilo was the pick. And I know people mm-hmm. that, well, Xavier Suafilo, look, he's played, what? He's going into his seventh year in this league. He's made some money in this league. I mean, it's not yeah. like you could say, was he, was the value there top of the second round? As a prospect, I know you're going to tell me that it was going into the draft. Yeah. And 
here it is. It's not like he was a flame out and never played in the NFL. He's still playing in the NFL today. Well, you know, we don't have an NFL this this. Would have had the opportunity to the build, you know, so build you know up year here. after year after year. Uh, and but that would have been a cool done, what if. Those Jimmy Garoppolo, for some reason, I'm, I'm just running. I'm like, man, 2014, the at some Jay point, and I don't know why Jay Cutler over Matt so Leiner. We go to Cleveland but I just kind of felt like right? Jay Ryan Cutler takes over as the, quarterback. Yeah. What he's if that's an interesting the Jimmy Garoppolo guy. era yeah. from a number and of different angles. The thing is, angles. it's hard. And because you I just, look at it now, I, and go, I feel like, though, had he been with 14, a guy like Gary 15, Kubiak to start and then you've got to start his career, he finally gets in, then he gets hurt that, after a I think would have helped back Jay Cutler when Brady gets there. He gets traded. Yeah. I think it would have helped him He gets like six ton. or seven games. And I think with Andre Johnson and the offense, the they would have run. I think Jay Cutler would have been phenomenal. This is the first year Jimmy Garoppolo would have really seen very, Jimmy Garoppolo for a full year. Uh, so, so, offense. Yeah. I don't say the jury's still out, but the flip side of that is because it wasn't Jimmy Garoppolo would have done. You end up getting in the offense in 2017 like this. If he kind of It changes the course of history. It's like I think Landry did it on one of their shows. I really haven't been listening during the day because my listening habits have changed being home all the time. But I saw a tweet about it, and I, somebody brought up the Aaron Rodgers in 2005. Of course, you know, ret- retrospectively, you're going to pick up Aaron Rodgers in 2005 if you have the chance. But at the time, you were going into right. year four with David Carr, coming off a pretty good season where he threw for 3,500 yards, 16 TDs. I think it was 16 and 14, so those weren't great numbers. But – uh, the, the offense kind of took a little bit of a dive at the end of the year. But you won those games at Chicago and Jacksonville. You thought maybe maybe Carr's on the rise here, finally getting it. And you weren't going to make a move at quarterback right then. You right. weren't going to do it, especially for Rodgers, who was dropping. I mean, a lot of the league was wrong about Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, you know, in retrospect, all of these things look better or clearer. Of course they do. Landry did the redraft that uh, Drew and I have done. I don't know if we did one for 2014. But when he did his re- Landry did his redraft, he gave us Aaron Donald. Ooh. Could you imagine Aaron Donald with JJ Watt? Yeah, that would be pretty strong. Oh my goodness, that'd be pretty good up front. You'd have a lot that of double teams. I'll tell that would have been phenomenal. Is, Whitney Merciless would like that a lot. Oh, really oh yeah, appreciate that. <laughs> All the attention those guys are going to get. Uh, yeah, except Aaron Donald would have to go with his college number of ninety-seven at the time. Uh, at the time, now that was not one of our top and favorite or memorable draft moments because it was Jadeveon Clowney. Was the drafting of Jadeveon Clowney one of our most memorable draft moments? Well, coming up next, it's our Wednesday night draft, our favorite slash most memorable draft moments, favorite players, all that's happened in the draft since 2002. We got it covered next right here on Texans All Access. For the most in-depth coverage of your favorite team and players, check out HoustonTexans.com. Whether you're scoring touchdowns or touching your toes, you depend on your body just like the pros do. At Houston Methodist, we treat you with the same expert care the Houston Texans have relied on from day one. From the starting lineup to starting a new exercise, your body is made to move, and we have the expertise to keep it that way. Houston Methodist is the official healthcare provider for the Houston Texans. Houston Methodist, leading medicine. Ah, the pitter-patter, splitter-splatter of Sunday morning. Wait, no, that's bacon, and it's spitting all over your PJs. Stains can ruin any moment. Get them out with Tide, America's number one detergent. If it's got to be clean, it's got to be tied. Your hometown Whataburger drive-thru is open 24-7 as usual. But now, as we all adjust to this new normal, we've also kicked off curbside pickup for online orders from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. So instead of walking your order to your table, we'll walk it right out to your car. Just because we can't be close doesn't mean we can't be neighborly. Whataburger. Stay connected with the Houston Texans and join the Stampede email newsletter for the latest news and team stories. Each month, Stampede members have the opportunity to win sideline experiences, tickets, autographed team memorabilia, and more. Visit HoustonTexans.com to sign up. 
make sure you follow the Texans on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. And take the Texans with you wherever you go with the Texans app and never miss an update. Red Diamond knows perfect, not easy. Our karaoke skills, at least we have our day jobs. Our family photo, take number 82. Even our radio commercial has the occasional glitch. So we'll stick to what we have perfected, our Red Diamond tea. No shortcuts, no concentrates. Perfectly crafted from actual tea leaves and water. After all, at Red Diamond, we think tea should taste like, well, tea. Red Diamond, we're perfect at tea. Everyone is trying to do their part, especially now. And your Ford dealer is built to lend a hand. If your vehicle needs service, just call. Ford service centers are essential to your community and are still open. Find out about pickup and delivery options from participating Ford dealers. Plus, they've implemented enhanced cleaning measures for added peace of mind. After all, you have a lot to take care of. Let us do our part and help take care of you. Right now, many of us are unsure about what may come next. At Reliant, we want to help you light the way. With 24-7 customer care and online support, we're here for you today, and we'll be here long after we power through this. Just visit Reliant.com slash light the way or call 1-866-RELIANT. Because even though we're a bit farther apart these days, we're all in this together. Reliant, that's power. Your way. PUCT number 10007. You're listening to Texans All Access. For the latest stories and videos on your Houston Texans, check out HoustonTexans.com. Welcome back to a Wednesday edition of Texans All Access. It's time for the Wednesday night draft. I bring the entire crew in. D.B. Sue, Drew Doherty, Mark Vandermeer, the night before the actual 2020 NFL draft. Gang, how we doing, D.B.? Are you getting ready for Thursday night? I'm ready for Thursday night. I mean, I think anything can happen, but it will be kind of a nice relaxing night, actually, I think, on our <laughs> end, because we don't really have a first-round pick to cover. But um, I, I'm very, very curious to see how this draft pans out on Thursday. It seems like a long time since we've had any live sports happening. That's what you think. That's what you think. I've seen multiple mock drafts that have us moving into the back end of the first mm. round. Spending multiple. what to do it, though. How do you do that? <laughs> I don't know. Well, the thing about it is, is if you let, let's just say I just saw one that had them moving from forty to thirty-two. That's eight spots. That's probably, uh, I think maybe mm. your your number ninety. But you better be it? pretty sure about a player, yeah. So that's anyway. not much. Yeah. It's not a whole heck of a lot. So yeah. once, Wait, once you move they're down, giving yeah. up. They're giving up the two and the ninety, or they would give up forty and ninety to move up yeah. to thirty-two, I believe. So okay. That, that would be the, the opportunity, but you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. What is going to happen is it's our last Wednesday night draft of this offseason. I'm a little sad, but Mark came up with this idea last week. He just thrown out ideas, and he didn't even know that I had already planned for this Wednesday night draft. We're going three rounds, and it is your favorite Texans draft moment or <laughs> – the yep. dogs are excited, Johnny. This First is huge. Are. <laughs> Those are not my dogs. I have no dogs. <laughs> the dogs. Um, it is your favorite Texans draft moment or player drafted. It could be an entire draft for some reason. However you want to spin it, you got three rounds for your favorite Texans draft moment, player, or whatever you want it to be. And I spun the dial before the show. And this one, Mark Vandermeer won. He's going to go first, then DP, then Drew, and then I will go last. Mark, are you ready to make the Mario Williams pick of number one overall in our Wednesday night draft? All right, so this is my favorite reaction. Not it can be favorite. It can be whatever you want it to be, Mark. Significant. Favorite moment. Listen, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. Memorable. Yeah, I'm leaving Andrew Luck on the board here. Okay, if I can go back to that draft in uh, 2012, I'm going to do that because I, I'll pick the Mario Williams draft because I might be the only one in this draft who was actually at that draft party, I believe. That's correct. And That's correct. it was a torrential downpour. 
And we all knew that Williams was the pick because it was announced the night before. The story broke the night before that the Texans pulled off the upset of all – well, pulling off an upset means people kind of want you to do it. Uh, they upset a lot of people. How about that? By announcing they would take Mario Williams. They already signed him. It was done. And the draft party was packed even though there was a torrential downpour. People wanted to exercise their vocal cords. I'll never forget that day. And I'll, I, I still bring it up today because it always comes up when you look at maybe perceived to be unpopular offseason moves that turned out to be the right thing. Mario Williams turned out to be the right thing. Not that he's going to the Hall of Fame or anything, but he turned out to be the right thing. And that's what I'll never forget. I will make that my number one pick. That is very, very well done. I remember the Friday night before I was out at Elon University for I don't know why. Maybe watching spring practice, I think. And I remember driving home and hearing the Texans were going to draft Mario Williams. And I had people I worked with at the time that were NC State grads, and they were texting me like, do you believe this? Is this going to – I'm like, I, I don't know. This is the first I've heard of it. So uh, that's, a, that's a pretty good one to start off. All right, DP, you are next. I'm going to take the obvious one, the Deshaun Watson draft 2017. It's got to be my favorite because it was so unexpected. And it was one of those drafts where you wake up the next day and you still are thinking, did that really happen? <laughs> like, did that yeah. for real just really happen? And I think my favorite part was the fact that nobody saw it coming. I mean, I remember seeing Deshaun Watson winning national, winning the national championship, watching him talk at the combine, thinking, oh, what a nice young kid. I mean, not even thinking for a second yeah. that the Texans had any shot at getting a player like him. And then um, when after Kansas City moved up to take Pat Mahomes, I thought, oh, okay, well, that was the guy that a lot of people had mocked going to the Texans. I thought, well, we're definitely not getting a quarterback. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run to the restroom because what could I possibly miss? I'm in the restroom and I come out and we're on the clock. Like I, I didn't yeah. even know what happened or how it happened. And then on top of that, you know it's going to be a quarterback and it's Deshaun Watson. And the place, I mean, the place just went nuts. I think – I've never seen a fan so excited. And even the next day, I just, I felt like there was just so much excitement in the air. That's got to be my favorite moment. It was, it's the same thing. I remember I was on stage and Mark had gone to the bathroom. And when he came back on the stage, I had this look on my face of like, oh my God. And he's like, what? I was like, we just traded up. And I just remember Mark going from point A to point B faster than I've ever seen him do it. Grabbed the headphones and go get us out of this break. We've got to get the trade announcement. And we were able to do that uh, on radio. Uh, and then I remember saying, if this isn't Deshaun Watson, I'm taking <laughs> a left exit out the back of this and I'm leaving because it's going to be a full-on riot. And thankfully it was. All right, Drew. And, and, and correct, me if, correct me if I'm wrong, but the TV station, the TV networks were in a break as well, right? Yes. Yeah. No one expected yep. it. Yep, no one expected it. All right, Drew, your opportunity. She took mine, and I just want to add on a little bit because it's such a great choice, DP. Uh, they're in a break, and on top of that break, the I was at, I was in Philadelphia for that draft, and in the, the media room was a massive tent. They had a PA system just announcing each pick, announcing, you know, like, uh, Houston is now on the clock, da-da-da-da-da. That was 30 seconds ahead of the TV broadcast. So we're just set up in there. It's me, Jay McDevitt, and uh, Jesse Clark. And we're just kind of hanging out because we've got a while to go, about an hour, two hours before our pick comes. And just matter-of-factly, the PA voice says, the Houston Texans are now on the clock. They've made a trade with the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, a few other people <laughs> went, oh, and our eyes were like saucers. And we're like, we're taking the Sean Watson. Because Patrick Mahomes had just come off the board. And a lot of people had had the Texans taking Patrick Mahomes. But we went bananas. We went into overdrive. It was a fun night. But, okay, mine, if I had to choose a second one. Wait. That was oh, you're taking, you're taking multiple. This is okay. your first. That was my first. It was 1A. Like, you guys B? all gave your, your version of Deshaun. I want He's to got mine. a 1A and a 1B, John. Yeah. Yeah. No, but my, uh, mine was J.J. Watt. The more, from 2010, 11, 12, and 13, I actually met our first-round pick at the airport the morning after the draft, and it was pretty fun. I had the camera, would mic them up you know, get their first day in Houston, seeing, you know, the city as they drove in, seeing the, the, the stadium and, and everything. And J.J. Watt, you know, came out of the, the secure area at the airport. I said, hi, J.J., welcome to Houston. My name is Drew Doherty. Uh, put this microphone on. And then videotaped his first day. But I'll always remember, 
but I've told the story a few times. Something was different about this guy when he gets in the building and he meets Wade Phillips and he meets the rest of the defensive coaches and Wade says, all right, JJ, uh, you want to go downstairs and have some lunch? <laughs> and JJ is very kind. He said, I'd like to, but I'd really prefer to get in the playbook because I know my time here today is limited because this was a lockout. And once he left, yeah. wasn't going to get to come back in the building. So this all happened in front of where our offices are right now. And so they're like, oh, all right. And so they walked into that, that big meeting room across from where our offices are now. And they, they got to work and they brought a sandwich in and he, he got fed, but it was just something different. And it's on a video that we got of, of JJ's first, uh, first time in Houston. It was pretty cool. That, that was my favorite moment. Aside from All right, my, my favorite moment actually is, um, and you'll be able to figure it out when I say this, it was actually probably the most embarrassing moment I ever had on radio. Yeah. Uh, and it goes back to 2008. And I probably had other embarrassing moments on the radio, but I think it was pretty easy because in 2008, when Dwayne Brown was selected, uh, I lost my collective you-know-what <laughs> on the air. Uh, and it's it's uh, been been famous ever since. And I say it's my favorite because there were a lot of things I found out about, like, just not even myself, but just draft analysis, all that kind of stuff, how to react, you know, just how to be a professional, all that kind of stuff. But the one thing I think I, I took out of it the most was how gracious Dwayne was to me when I actually got in the building. And in talking with him, you know, many times about that, he got to where he could laugh about it. I got to where I could laugh about it. We actually struck up uh, a friendship and relationship, even though I – you know, said that there's no way Houston should ever drafted that guy. Um, and I think back, that was my very first draft on the radio. And I just, I just lost it. But Dwayne handled it and has always handled it so incredibly well. Um, and it taught me a lot of lessons about draft analysis. So that's, that's my favorite 2008 Dwayne Brown going first round. All right, Mark, kick off the second. It's going to be like a two round mock draft here with our uh, draft <laughs> moments. Okay, I'm going to go Whitney Merciless, 2012, 26th overall pick. And that was a party that was actually in the East Club, the only one ever in the East Club. I remember where all the parties were, by the way. You know, we were talking about it last night, how the very first one was at the Astrodome and so, so on and so forth. Anyway, Whitney was kind of falling a little bit compared to where some people thought he might go. He led the nation in sacks the year before at the University of Illinois. And the, or is it Illinois University? Is it I University of Illinois? You okay, right. University of Illinois. And I've never called a game with them. That's why I can't get them right right now. But Whitney fell to the Texans, 26. And right before 26, when we were on the clock, the place, I mean, it always goes nuts, right? The draft party's nuts. And, it, you know, the later you are on the first round, the more people have to sort of socialize, if you know what I'm saying. And they weren't social distancing either. It was just jam-packed. And, you know, all the cameras get on stage to get the reaction shot. People were, like, hanging from everywhere. You know, that that's one of the times that showed the Texans brass that we've outgrown the club level for draft parties. Had to get to the first level. Had to get to a more wide-open space, especially for the radio stage, because everybody gathers there. Well, when the announcement was made that Merciless was the pick, it was an eruption. I mean, because that was one of the guys later in the first round who was projected to go maybe – second or second two-thirds of the first round that it was a name you knew it was a name people recognized you know sometimes they you know like will fuller people knew him but it wasn't like this household name necessarily johnny's like how could you not know will Fuller? a lot of the casual fans <laughs> you just barely heard of him but whitney yeah. was a name and for him to be picked by the texans was huge and obviously it's still working out for the texans to have whitney aboard so that's another one that i'll never forget all right, DP, your second rounder. I think the only, hopefully the only number one pick I ever have to go through in a draft 2014 was, uh, was a big one. Just because the way the 2013 season ended, it was just so awful, 14 straight losses, that people had been talking about the draft in November mm -hmm. um, of the 2013 season. So, And then the draft that year was a week later for I don't know what, what reason. Do you remember they shifted the yeah. draft that year? to be yeah. later. So I felt like we waited like 18 years for the draft. And I was so prepared for that first round because we had talked about pretty much everybody under the sun going to the Texans and trading up trade or trading down, uh, you know, with, with another team, who would they get at number one? Would it be Blake Bortles? Would it be Jadavion Clowney? Blah, 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 Johnny Manziel. And when we finally, finally 
drafted. It, it was just such a relief that it was over with and it was clowny, which at that point, I think a lot of people were thinking it was going to be him. But my favorite moment was actually the next day because I had to interview him for our draft special. And it was the only time I'd interviewed a player for the draft special. So of course it's the number one pick. And of course I'm super nervous about it because I hadn't done really any TV for the draft special ever. And so he was so big that they asked me to stand on a box. So I interviewed Clowney. I was wearing heels, heels on a box, and he just looked at me. And he still was a good three or four inches, maybe five <laughs> inches taller than me. And it just was so ridiculous that someone took a picture, and I have it to this day, of me standing on a box interviewing Clowney. Because I thought, well, anyone who watches this is going to think I'm like 6'4 or 6'3. <laughs> watching this but but that was it it was a lot of fun I mean it was just it was a fun draft all around just because it was finally finally over with it's a good one Drew mine's kind of a random one because in 2011 they they took uh Watt in the first round and then in the second round they traded back in they took two guys had Brandon Harris a corner out of Miami but they also took Brooks Reed uh from Arizona and I had actually seen Brooks Reed up close at the Senior Bowl the first day of practice, back when you could kind of get closer to the, the, the players and videotape them. I was from here to about three yards away from this pass rush drill where he was going against, um, I can't remember, it was Desmond something or other. There's a left tackle. Wound up going in the first round against the, wound up going in the first round of the Packers, but he was out of Mississippi State, John. Um, yeah, yeah, I know you're talking about. Um, they were doing this one-on-one, and they're, a lot of people around me, a lot of scouts, and I, I, I was next to it. There was a few other cameras, and he just made this guy look like a fool. Brooks Reed looked amazing. I, I remember thinking, I remember this guy with the ponytail from Arizona. He could be – lo and behold, we wound up taking him. And it was so much fun because he was, he was just a real mellow guy, a good guy to talk with. I had interviewed him at the Senior Bowl. I think I interviewed him at the Combine. And then he came to the Texans, and uh, it, was, it was fun to see him here. Had, had a pretty – good little career with the Texans. He's, I think he's still in the league. He was at least with the Cardinals last year, but that was fun. Yeah. Cause it was the first time somebody that I knew, somebody that I talked to, somebody that I'd written about actually was picked by the Texans. I wrote about all these other guys that just never, never got chose, chosen by Houston. Yeah. It's a good one, Drew, uh, because that's kind of where mine is. 2015. I went to Rice Pro Day and Rice had a defensive lineman by the name of Christian Covington and Christian was coming off a knee injury. He worked out. It worked out really, really well. And I didn't know Christian, but I was like, I'm going to go talk to him a little bit and just get a feel for him. And so it was the first time I met him. And we all know Christian. I mean, he's just just one of the most wonderful people you're ever going to meet. And I went up to him and I asked him about, you know, me with the Texans. Man, you had a really good workout. I'd love to see you come over to the Texans. And we just talked for a good 10, 12 minutes. And I had a really good feel when I left. Like, man, okay, um, this, this would be a really good ad for the Texans in the draft. We were doing the draft show, and it was at the old Houston Texans grill. And I remember saying to Mark, we were getting near that pick, I think in the sixth round, and I was like, you know, Christian Covington's still on the board. And lo and behold, a few picks later, we ended up picking Christian Covington. Uh, and it was, it was like, whoa, wow, this is pretty cool. Kind of the same feeling, Drew, of having met him before, and then that came to fruition. We've had, I've had it happen a few times, but that was the one that stood out. Okay, third round, rapid fire. Mark, Go. Uh, I'll go Rice again and James Casey only because it was so bizarre when he got picked that for a fifth rounder, he could come and do his own press conference because he lived down the street. And that's the only time that kind of thing has ever happened. So uh, moments after he was picked, James Casey's in the building doing a press conference. And that was just a really cool moment. I'll never forget that. That's a good one. Deepy. I'm going to go to a draft that I was not even working for the Texans um, when I watched it, but the Andre Johnson draft. I remember mm-hmm. being pregnant with my oldest, Jeevan. I was stuck in bed um, on bed rest, and I was feeling, like, awful, but I watched that entire draft from beginning to end because I had nothing better to do that day, and that's when the draft was all in one day, remember? So that makes yeah. for a really, really, really long day and a lot of um, watching players' stories. So I felt like – that was that was the most memorable draft because I was able to watch it beginning to end, and I was super excited about Andre Johnson because I'd heard of him. He went to Miami, and I thought he was going to be great for the team. Of course, he was. Drew, your last pick, pick. 2006 second rounder D'Amico Ryan's. I was one of those incorrect people who was furious that the Texans were not going to take Vince Young. I was furious. Uh-huh. I'd seen him play up close. I was like, <laughs> this is a guy. It's a quarterback. He's perfect. He's Michael Jordan. 
So I was PO'd. But I covered Texas Tech in the Cotton Bowl right before that draft, and they had played Alabama. D'Amico Ryans was the leader of that, that defense. And I remember when I had talked to him beforehand, he was like, no, we're not going to change our defense. We're not going to blitz. We don't need to. We don't need to do anything special. And lo and behold, he blitzed twice, and he looked like he was shot out of a cannon because he got two sacks and was a really good player, really smart player. So when they took him in the second round, I thought, oh, okay, I'm back. Oh, oh, that's a good pick. I like that pick. All right, rapid fire. Okay, you did a pretty good job with rapid fire. I'll make mine pretty easy. 2006, seventh round, my favorite drafted Texas players, the guy that we got to know pretty well was David Anderson. I was a huge fan of his as a Colorado State Ram. And it just so happened that David was excellent on the radio when he joined Sean and I when Sean Pendergast and I were doing our radio show together. He was fantastic. Uh, loved him. He went one pick before Marcus Colston, who I think is in the Saints Hall of Fame or the Saints Ring of Honor. Uh, we always joked with him about that. That was always fun. Okay, we got one segment left uh, before it is truly draft time. There's a bunch of stuff going on around the NFL, and Mark and I will play a game of will this guy be traded, yes or no? We'll do that next on Texas All Access. For the most in-depth coverage of your favorite team and players, check out HoustonTexans.com. Will the LSU Tigers be just as dominant in 2020? Can they replace key players lost to the NFL draft and field another undefeated national championship caliber squad? Only one way to find out. Witness the 2020 LSU Tigers right here in Houston as they head to NRG Stadium Saturday, September 19th to take on the hometown Rice Owls. Head to RiceLSU2020.com to join the wait list and be notified as soon as tickets go on sale or to get info on how you can experience Rice vs. LSU from a luxury suite this fall. As the preferred eye care provider of the Houston Texans, Houston Eye Associates knows that vision is everything, especially in football. Houston Eye is here to help Texans see better and keep their eyes on the prize. Houston Eye Associates has 28 Houston area locations with specialists in LASIK, cataracts, glaucoma, retina, cornea, oculoplastics, pediatrics, uveitis, and more. Come and see us today. Houston Eye Associates, the preferred eye care provider of the Houston Texans. March's Star of Courage winner, presented by Apache, is K-9 officer for SciFair ISD, Glenn Mayo. Mayo has served with the Houston Police Department for 27 years and during his time has won numerous life-saving awards. During Hurricane Harvey, he spent weeks rescuing people with the HPD dive team without taking a second to think about himself. He has truly dedicated his life to serving Houston and ensuring everyone's safety. The Houston Texans and Apache would like to congratulate him for being our March Star of Courage winner. For a winning feeling, visit Del Frisco's Double Eagle Steakhouse in the Galleria. Indulge in prime steak and seafood, world-class wines, and exceptional hospitality. Looking for the ultimate game day experience? Host clients, alumni, and friends in Del Frisco's private Texans room. Watch your favorite team on a 60-inch television while surrounded by Texans memorabilia and seating for up to 14 guests. From extra fine touches to big screen touchdowns, visit Del Frisco's Double Eagle Steakhouse. Located at 5061 Westheimer in the Galleria. The Houston Texans, Toro and NOV, have partnered with the Sam Houston Area Council of Boy Scouts of America to present Toro Takes the Bull Out of Bullying. Toro Takes the Bull Out of Bullying, presented by NOV, is an educational assembly about preventing bullying. This year, the Texans and NOV have created an anti-bullying patch for students in the Scout Reach program. Scouts who complete Toro's anti-bullying quiz on HoustonTexans.com will receive the patch. The Texans, NOV, and the Boy Scouts are proud to help stop bullying across Houston. Hey friends, this is Drew Doherty with the Houston Texans. Texas Children's Hospital is the official children's hospital of the Houston Texans and the local sponsor of Play 60, the NFL initiative to get kids off the sidelines and into the action for 60 minutes of play a day. You can run, jump, swim, tumble, swing, or cheer. Have a blast. Just make sure you're active for at least 60 minutes a day to score the healthy future you deserve. To learn more, visit texaschildrens.org Texans. Hi, this is John Weeks with the Houston Texans. We are proud to be partners with the Houston Food Bank in presenting Huddle Against Hunger, a free in-school curriculum designed to provide information on hunger and poverty for students from elementary schools through high school. Sign your classroom up today at houstonfoodbank.org slash huddleagainsthunger. The mission of the Houston Texans Foundation is to be champions for Houston's youth. For more information, visit houstontexans.com slash community. Fear of missing out is a real thing. 
Don't have FOMO when it comes to your favorite team? Follow the Houston Texans on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Yes, do not miss out. New Texans app. And this weekend, start well, Start now. I mean, go to HoustonTexans.com. Go on the app. Look at all the tremendous draft stuff we have for you. Uh, we'll have unbelievable amounts of content over the next how many ever days. You can check out the Harris 100. I think I might do a final one. I don't know. I'm going to see how I feel tonight. Because going into tomorrow, I, I, I'm, I'm about to put on my phone, if you call me, I'm not going to talk to you. I'm just I'm just not going to do it, Mark. Because once the draft starts, I just I just don't. I I've got to be singularly focused starting tomorrow. Yeah, singularly got, focused for tomorrow. Some people put meetings on my calendar tomorrow. I'm like, no. Do you understand? And no. here's the other thing: that most of the people in our organization, non-football, tomorrow is a, a prep day for what they're doing on Friday. You know, right, we do right. we go on the air, rain or shine, pick mm-hmm. or no pick, first round right. coverage, six o'clock tomorrow night. DP's going to host that hour with John McClain and you, so yep. that's going to be super cool to hear what you guys have to say. And then seven o'clock, me, you, Andre, Robert Hensley, we bring you the first round, and I can't wait. You know, that's always so much fun. Uh, DP said, oh, it's relaxing. You know, it, it kind of is a different intensity to the show like it was two yeah. years ago when you know you don't have a pick in the first round, but we'll be yeah. watching. That year, we knew there was going to be no first-round pick, no chance, because you had no second-round pick either. Now with that 40th pick, Johnny, what's it, the currency it's, that it's going to take to jump into 32 or higher? It's not as steep as people would think. I mean, to go eight spots at that point, mm-hmm. my guess is it's probably it's probably number 90. Um, so I've you can been trade look- your second and your third for a late first, you think? I mean, if the guy that you want is there and still there, and here's the thing about going up and getting the uh, that pick in the first round is you get that fifth-year option. So yeah. you you get that, and that is that's pretty valuable to have that. So the the pick number thirty-two, just going on the old-school draft value chart, is five ninety. Mark, you would have to give up. Or you could give up number. Actually, I take I take it back. Pick number forty is worth five hundred points. Right. Pick number thirty-two. Let's say you move give, move to Kansas City. Pick number thirty-two is five ninety. That's only ninety points. You'd have to give up pick number one eleven. You'd probably have to give up your one eleven and one of your sevens. And that that eh, maybe not one of your sevens. So you give up your forty. You give up. A you give up your forty and your fourth, forty and, and one eleven. And you move up eight, nine spots. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's going to be too tempting. That's going to be too tempting. If, well, like, if, if 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 there's a guy right there that oh, we really want this player, we want them. Right. So then, I could see it happening. Yeah, I mean, if there is a player that you really like at that particular moment, go up and get him again, because you get that first rounder. You get that fit now. The new CBA, I'm not totally oh, sure if that still holds. I don't know that for a fact. But I know that's how the old CBA was. So you wanted to get a first rounder because you would get that, that fifth year. But um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I, I just, no matter what, start, starting Thursday around pick 16, I mean, I'll be a dialed, in, dialed in anyways. But as it pertains to the Texans, I will have my head on a swivel starting around pick 16 or 17 just in case. Just in case. All the way through Thursday night. Maybe it doesn't happen, but mm-hmm. I, I there's there's probably about 25%. There's probably about 25% of me that thinks, well, maybe more, probably 40% of me that thinks we're not picking at 40, either going down or moving up. Just – just 25%. my my, my gut, one quarter chance. That probably it's more than that. Happen. Probably more than that. Thirty five, forty percent that it's that not going to be number up. forty. Either that way, you, up, not, oh, up or down. Oh, just I not would give it, it more than that. I would give it more than that because you have the more than fifty fifty possibility. I, no, I would say forty sixty yeah. that you that you move out. I yeah, I mean, I I think that's what they. I think they move out of forty. I think forty is a good spot to be. You're going to get to 40, no matter who you loved late in the first round or thought about or, you know, flirted with mentally. When you get to 40, 
there's going to be a player that you really like. Oh, yeah. There is. I mean, there's any no team question. would say that, right? You mm-hmm. have 40. You know, uh, we always look at things in a vacuum kind of. You're mm-hmm. sitting there at 40. Here's your pick. You're going to have four or five guys that you really like right there. Now, you might think, well, if there are four or five guys and I drop, and I drop down eight spots from here and pick up another third rounder or whatever the currency is. Right. You might say, well, chances are pretty good I'm going to get one of these five guys that I really like, so yeah. I want to drop down and pick up another selection a little bit later on. These are the games you have to play, mm-hmm. and these are the things I wonder about as far as, well, how is this going to look? You know, how is this going to look in a virtual draft where, not look, but play out, in a virtual mm-hmm. draft where you have to make these quick decisions, communicate with your staff, make the call, get the trade in, I mean, these things are not instant. And then when you get to, you know, you're in the second round, you have less time to do it. So, gosh, I mean, I wonder if you could press the pause button. Pause. We have a trade. Can we pause this? I mean, you know, it's all digital. Why can't I just pause the world right here? It works when I'm watching Netflix. Why can't I pause this draft? Darn it. Well, here's the thing, Mark. Here's the the thing I look at. If the Texans, there are two positions I would think for the most part, that the Texans are going to be pretty set. Obviously, they have to pay these gentlemen, and they will at some point, Laramie Tunsil and Deshaun Watson. But left tackle and quarterback are the two positions I would think the Texans are probably not going to draft and don't need to. In this draft, that's where the run will happen is at those two positions. Okay. So you let teams go up and get quarterbacks and left tackles, and boom, 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 yeah, things start pushing bit. down to you at number 40. And so maybe you do maybe you do sit there and just kind of let everything come to you at number 40. But I, I don't, you know, I, I just don't think they'll sit there. If they see somebody, they're like, hey, wait a second. This guy's getting pushed down the board. We have a pretty high grade on this guy. Let's go get him. Now, a guy that the Jets had a pretty high grade on a few years ago is rumored for a trade. So, Mark, let's play the trade game, yes mm-hmm. or no. Jamal Adams of the New York Jets apparently was shopped last year, and it appears as if he's being shopped again this year. Does Why? Jamal Adams get traded, yes or no? No. I don't think so Why, either. Why are you trading Jamal Adams? He's so know. young. I don't know. I mean, he's going into year four? Year four. He's going into year four, Johnny. What are you doing in New York? Are you are you trying to make the playoffs in a year where the Patriots are finally oh, not yeah. the Patriots anymore? Right. That we know of. There's certainly no Gronk, no Brady there. And you have Darnold entering year three. I know mm-hmm. he had the mono last year. Not a good situation for him. But isn't this a year where you finally want to say to your fans, we're going for the playoffs. We're yeah. gonna be, The Jets will be in the playoffs. Here we go. We don't know what's going to happen when we get there. But we're going to make people happy and make the postseason. And if you trade Adams, you better have a really good plan. I, I agree with you. I, I, I just don't see it happening. I, I, I don't know why they would do it. I don't think – I don't know either. Other than the fact that maybe he wants a contract, I, I don't know. But I know that – Well, of course he wants a contract. But the thing is – like, all right, so you tell me. So Adams, this is – and people are going to say, well, you traded DeAndre. This is a very different situation, all right? You're dealing right. with a guy still on his rookie contract, okay? Mm-hmm. And I get it. The big payday is coming. He's entering year four. He's got the fifth-year option. Those things are grandfathered. So tell me uh, what's – I don't know. What, what's he worth, you know what I mean? Financially, uh, what's he worth on the open market? Um, isn't this the kind of situation where you have Darnold as a young quarterback? You can't plan for three, four years from now. You've got to go now, go to the yeah. postseason. No one's saying you're a contender for the Super Bowl, but you should be a contender to make the seven-team playoff field in the AFC. Okay, let me ask you this. Yeah. Jamal Adams for number 90. There's Would you no do it? Ch- not Would you number, do it? Wait, did you say number 90? Yeah, pick number 90. Yeah. There's no way it. that's the trade. Jamal Adams At, for pick number 40. Yes, in a second, in a okay. heartbeat. But can I pay him, Johnny? That's the thing. I'm yeah. going to give up pick number 40, and I get a year, maybe two, right? If I, well, he's then you got Tunsil, Watson, and Adams that you all yeah. have to pay. And Adams mm-hmm. is going to be the highest paid safety in the league, right? Yeah, There's I no would question. think so. So, I I, so can you afford to pay Adams? Uh, otherwise, as far as draft currency, look, I'm looking for a safety anyway maybe at 40. Yeah. I'll take Jamal Adams. Thank you.
Yeah. But I, I just don't know if that works. That's a complicated – once you weave yeah. that financial component yeah, in there, because, it gets pretty I mean, complicated. They're doing the hot, they did the Hopkins – they're doing a lot of these things because of one, two, three right. years down yeah. the road, not just this year. Okay, single answer, yes or no. Draft night, Leonard Fournette is traded, yes or no? No. I don't think you get enough for him, unless you're just trying to ship him out of town. Yannick Ngakwe so, traded, yes or no? Yes. I think that happens. Mm-hmm. I think there's trade value for Ngakwe. Fournette, and, and you know how I feel about Fournette. I've been, I've been saying this from the night he was drafted. The Jags should have never done that at number four. Oh I, was, number I was four. vociferous about my disapproval about that pick for Jacksonville. I was happy they did it. But now they're, they're reaping the benefits of that. But it will all happen tomorrow night. And we will have it for you starting at 6 o'clock. DB Sidhu with John McClain and myself. Then 7 o'clock, Mark, Andre, me, Robert, all the gang is all here on Thursday night and all the way through the weekend. We've got you covered. The draft is here, people. Tune in tomorrow night. Big thanks to Bridget back in, well, wherever her studio is. Thank you, Bridget. Mark, as always, thank you very much. We will see you tomorrow, everybody. And as always, go Texans. Can't get enough Texans radio? We've got shows. We've got podcasts. We've got interviews. It's all on HoustonTexans.com. The pitter-patter, splitter-splatter of Sunday mornings. Wait, no, that's bacon, and it's spitting all over your PJs. Stains can ruin any moment. Get them out with Tide, America's number one detergent. If it's got to be clean, it's got to be Tide. This is a story about doers. It's also about Houston, teamwork, and... Hunt, hunt, hunt. Yeah, I think they heard you the first time. When you're committed to doing good in the community, it helps to have good teammates. So Chevron partnered with the Houston Texans to do good in Houston, volunteering thousands of hours, working with nonprofits, and helping to make a difference for Houston's youth. These teams bring their A-game on and off the field. Chevron, proud to be the official volunteerism partner of the Houston Texans. Right now, we're all safer at home. But should you need a new vehicle, Hyundai has options to shop online, and a participating dealer can deliver it right to you. Plus, you'll make no payments for four months. To find out more, go to buyhyundai.com. Get 0% APR for up to 84 months and make no payments for four months on the 2020 Tucson or Elantra. Visit your Houston Hyundai dealer online today. Offers end by 420. Call 469-613-0227 for more offer details. Already counting down the days until your next college football Saturday? Start planning your tailgate and prepping your face paint because the season starts right here in Houston with the Texas kickoff. Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Rebels are set to take on Dave Aranda and the Baylor Bears at NRG Stadium Saturday, September 5th. Experience the season debut for both of these new head coaches as they look to kick off 2020 with a bang. Start your fall off right. Head to TexasKickoff.com to join the wait list and be the first to know when tickets go on sale. Each cup of Circle K's Simply Great Coffee is ground fresh, so it's as fresh as it gets, just the way you like it. But don't take it from me. Listen to what our customers are saying. Very easy to make your own cup of coffee at Circle K because you just have to push the button. Now with these new machines, they're really grinding. They get your coffee. That's why I come here. It's fresh every day. It smells amazing. It warms your heart. There's no comparison. Higher quality coffee, less bucks. Only at Circle K. The mission of the Houston Texans Foundation is to be champions for Houston's youth. On Texans Tuesdays throughout the season, Texans players spend their only day off in the community, meeting fans and helping further our mission to do great things for Houston. Last year, Texans players made 250 appearances supporting programs in education, character development, and health and fitness to empower the next generation of Texans. For more information, visit HoustonTexans.com slash community. Treats is now a proud partner of the Houston Texans. Tips Treats is the original warm cookie delivery company and now has seven Houston area locations with more on the way. Tips Treats bakes to order and delivers fresh, ooey gooey melt in your mouth cookies right to your door. Order for yourself, as a gift for someone else, or pick some up at any location. 
Download the new Tips Treats app to place a delivery order today. Another hot day in Houston as this game gets underway. Here's the kickoff, caught by Dykin. They're really stepping it up for Houston, Jim. Like all that financial assistance they gave for Hurricane Harvey relief efforts. Yeah, Steve, they gained a lot of yardage on that one. Oh, and look at that donation to Habitat for Humanity. Did you see all those AC units they provided for low-income housing? These guys would be on fire if they weren't so cool. Dykin is definitely Houston's biggest fan. They're taking this Houston team right into the comfort zone. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610.